All right, my name's Shane Wood. I'm from Hardin County, live in Kenton, Ohio, and 37 years old, father of six, married 17 years. I did four years of active duty service in the United States Army as a 19 Delta Cavalry Scout. Served two tours in Iraq, one in the Balkans, and um, was wounded in Iraq, and uh, that ended my military, active military service. And then um, came back home here to Ohio. I uh, started doing some farming with my grandfather. I used to uh, farm on his farm when I was a kid and uh, just started getting back into agriculture real slowly through that. Most of my uncles on my mom's side were um, military. My uncle Joe was a Green Beret. Um, yeah, my other uncle, Richard, he served in the in the Navy. Uh, so did my other uncle, Bob. He also served in, in the Navy. My grandfather on my dad's side was a Korean War veteran, and uh, my grandfather on my mom's side was a World War II veteran. And I was, mom always said I always ran around the yard playing soldier, so I think it was something that I probably always best to do. It's basically training, and you, you, you never are ready for that that culture shock of, of civilian life and military life, and it hits you like a freight train uh, right off the bat. So uh, it always kind of goes, dang, did I, did I really... Did I really mean this? Even even for a split second. But um, you know, it's I, I actually probably one of the few people that I know that enjoyed basic training. Um, I enjoyed the structure, enjoyed all the things military. Um, and as I as I continued in my training, it just uh, kind of cemented in the fact that I was where I really wanted to be. I think certain people have the aptitudes. Uh, you know, for it, just like, you know, some people are born artistic, and if they if they nurture that uh, God-given ability, then, of course, they're going to be good at it. Um, just the same way with being, you know, my father's a carpenter, and he's, he's done that for 40 years, and he can build a house, he can, you know, make creative things out of just about anything, because he, he, he took the time to train himself to do that. It's the same way with, with the warrior profession. Um, of course, you know, you, you, uh, you can train, train, and train and think you want to do something, but then when it comes down to actual conflict and combat, um, you know, that's a little bit where the differences ring in that profession, uh, you know, compared to others where your, your metals tested a little bit, uh, well, a lot more to, to the core of, of your, um, conviction. And so you uh, you figure out you know hey uh, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing and and I prepared myself for it and you know I just got to move forward and and complete the mission and keep my guys safe and hopefully it all works out. My first firefight I'll I'll never forget was uh, we got ambushed in Iraq and we were uh, we were coming we were we we went we kind of screwed ourselves really we went into. Uh, and then near side ambush from all three directions, really. And all the way out was back. And, uh, you know, you hear the bullets flying around you at times, or you hear somebody else getting in a firefight, and you, you hear the combat around you. But, you know, there's something to say about it when you, you hear those pings and the, the watch of the bullet inside your head, and you go, oh, uh, I think that guy's 
came into me, and it's a it's a world changing experience because you know you you uh, you feel the danger, you feel the, the you know the adrenaline with the, with the realization that somebody is trying to take your life. It's it's something that's it's you can't explain the feeling, you can explain the scenario, but um, it's just something you, you you can't really put into words um, and fully. Um, have somebody who's never done it understand. It's one of those days, uh, I guess, you know, we went out to a uh, an infantry fighting vehicle from an infantry unit, had uh, disabled their vehicle in a not-so-good part of an Iraqi village, and uh, we were called in to do an, an area reconnaissance and set up a screen line to prevent any enemy combatants from kind of moving their way onto their position and we were able to get the uh, the uh, mechanics out to recover that infantry fighting vehicle and on our way back out of that area I was the lead scout in the gunner's position and they had put an IED on one of the routes that led out of the area and when it went off it, it launched me out of the gunner's hatch out in front of the vehicle and uh, on the hood of the Humvee and I kind of out. I don't really remember some you know we lose track of time and that concussion and uh, come back to and got back down the gunner's hatch to her turret from where I thought the the uh, blast came from and uh, noticed that I, I couldn't breathe uh, so the medic and and once he get regained his composure and started uh, working on me and everything, and you know it was just uh, the adrenaline pumping, and you know this wasn't the first IED I'd went through or ambush. So I told him to cut off my stuff, let me know how bad it was, patch me up, and usually they initiate with an IED and RPG, so I just assumed we were gonna have fire, follow on, small arms fire, and. Uh, I was a second chest wound, so he said, "No, nah, you gotta, you gotta come down." And I said, "Just patch it up, uh, make make it as good as you can, and you know we we gotta fight through this." And um, he did. He did. Uh, he through my ability to stay in that crucial weapon, he saved everybody else's lives. So um, I do want to take a second to recognize uh, uh, medics are all good. He uh, unfortunately. Um, succumbed to the pressures of PTSD a couple months ago and uh, he's no longer with us but uh, a man that deserves to be honored uh, through his sacrifice and everything that we did over there keeping the world together as we poured apart the doctors personal doctors there in the war they were quick to cut as we like to say so uh, they were going to amputate my right arm because of my thoracic artery was bleeding into my thoracic cavity, which was basically allowing my lungs to fill. And so I wanted a second opinion, and they uh, I got it from a guy, a major I knew, who did uh, Doctors Without Borders in Cambodia, and he knew a fragment patient and removed a specialist from Germany and uh, was sent there. And uh, Dr. Wolfgang was able to save my arm and repair all the internal um, damage to my lung cavity and, 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 you know, keep 
able to keep me from being an amputee. After that, they sent me through uh, rehabilitation, uh, and uh, I completed that in about six months. was able to complete uh, my Army physical fitness test, and um, I went ahead and requested to be sent back downrange. November of '04, right before we went to Fallujah, and um, it was during that time that I realized I really wasn't able to perform uh, effectively anymore with the limitations of my of my disabilities to my shoulders, as far as being a scout team. So I was redeployed medically back to Germany and uh, told that they were going to start the retirement uh, board process. And uh, I was pretty upset, obviously. I wanted to uh, make a career out of the military. And it just kind of felt, kind of felt robbed that, you know, I was robbed of my opportunity to continue to serve my country and, and uh, any capacity that I, that I could. Um, so I, I was stop lost for three and a half years uh, when I, I started the medical retirement board, lifted my stop loss, and then, um, through some contacts, I was just able to ETS out of the military without a, uh, um, a medical retirement, basically. Uh, that's what it came down to, not knowing, you know, what they were fully planning on doing. So I just decided to pack it up and go home. Well, after uh, struggling uh, for a couple of years, after getting out with trying to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, um, you know, I, I came back. When I first came in, agriculture was as prevalent in where I'm from, and so that's where I worked primarily. But uh, I knew with my experience and in the military, I really wasn't uh, trained for much of anything that was going to be able to give me a foot in the door of the agricultural world. Because it does, it costs a lot of money to uh, to start a, an agricultural business anymore these days with land prices, machine prices. I mean, you know that, working with JD equipment. So I just kind of worked here and there, went and worked for Marathon Oil um, on our pipelines for a little bit, and then, uh, you know, just kind of realized that I wasn't happy doing any of that. So I did a lot of self-searching, got trained in law enforcement, did that for a while, and uh, moved back here to Ohio for law enforcement and got back in with my grandfather and his farm and started helping him a lot more. And doing some research online, I found the Farmer Veteran Coalition up there in California. And they were able to give me a, uh, a $5,000 fellowship fund uh, to get me started to buy my first breeding cattle uh, to put out on, our, on my grandfather's farm. And my grandfather lets me use his stuff. And uh, that helped kind of make the ball rolling. And they're there to guide you through the entire process, you know, um, even if you want to do like a direct ownership through FSA. It's a network of, they teach you how to network. They don't just hand you the money. They just say, hey, here's, here's the resources that we can offer uh, financially. Here's what's out there. And we're going to be here every step of the way that you need to facilitate your growth in this industry. And they actually, you know, they, they keep up with it. And they're very, very involved with legislation on trying to get 
um, veterans that have that agricultural base and even veterans that don't have into agriculture because there's so many um, similarities between agriculture and military as well as the therapeutic aspects of agricultural uh, work towards uh, guys that are coming back and might have PTSD or social anxiety or you know just any of those issues um, that can help you kind of deal with that.